Thank you so much for being part of All Music Matters. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for inviting me to be part of your show. It's a real pleasure to uh, to be the one being talked to for a change. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Well, it's really great to have you here to talk a little bit about um, Americana and your wonderful podcast, which I believe everybody should check out if you're interested in the Americana genre, as well as so many other things that float around. Yesterday... Many of us Americana fans wish to be in Nashville because yes. it was Americana Fest last night, and I tell you, the awards looked fantastic. Yeah, I've been I've been to the Americana Awards three or four times um, a few years ago, and it's a it's a really good night of music. I mean, it's a real showcase of some of the fantastic music and the diversity as well of the Americana genre as well. Um, and I thought last night's awards, it was good because they didn't all go to one person for a change. Often you find in the last few years that Sturgill Simpson or Jason Isbell have pretty much cleaned the board. But last night it was a, a really good selection of different artists who won. So it was uh, it was great to see, I think. Robert Cray performed and got the award for... Lifetime Achievement. Yes, for performance. performance. Yeah. He was a strange one. Uh, I've never, I would never, if someone had said to me Robert Cray, I would never have thought to put him in the Americana genre. Um, but it does show now how how all-encompassing Americana has become, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can even see it in the charts, um, the Americana charts. There's a variety of people coming, you know, being part of the charts. But I, I sometimes go like, wait a minute, I'm not sure if this, mm, sh- should we categorise it as Americana or is it more this or is it that? So true, there is a lot of change happening quite recently it's good though yeah it is it is and it isn't um personally i think americana's becoming too wide now mm-hmm. it's it's almost it's almost losing losing the essence of what it is by by encompassing quite so many different genres of music um it's kind of almost become the place that that musicians go to be credible again and I, i'm not sure how much it is all now americana but I suppose that that's that's a, a debate for for another day, but um, I, I do feel now it's getting slightly too wide, uh, a category almost. I agree. So I was a little bit confused when Alison Krauss got on the charts. I'm like, should we consider her as Americana? I'm not sure. But I think I think the problem these days is that the that what I would consider country music no longer can call itself country music because country music has been taken over by pop country. Um, so I think all the artists who one would say are, are country, like I would say Alison Krauss is very much a country bluegrass artist. Marty Stewart is absolutely definitely a country artist, not Americana as such. But they can't call themselves country anymore because they aren't they aren't the, the modern definition of, of country music. So I think they've all moved into Americana as, as basically the, the only way to describe their music now. And I think many artists, for instance, Guy Clark, once I think Americana, where the genre came about, I think it really sheltered him really well, in a sense, for people to understand his music. But then again, it can be argued, I always like to use um, Steve L's definition, like, 
there shouldn't be any genre or, or no. specific thing because you want to make music necessarily not to be under a category or whatever so yeah yeah I mean it's just music all music if you like it is good music I think and um and I I do try on my show to to play music that I enjoy and not all of it would fit under the Americana genre which is why I often kind of describe it more as a, a roots radio show to some extent rather than a, a specifically Americana one which means that I can push the boundaries I'll play um something I'll, I played a, a jazz track on my last show and I, I often play um songs by artists such as Karen Matheson who uh, sings in Gaelic a lot of the time you know it's uh so I, I I think you know I think from my perspective what I do is is just music that that means something to me um, which loosely fits into Americana, at least most of it fits into Americana roots folk genres. Buddy Miller, I'm having a difficulty finding him on stage. Um, I haven't actually seen any footage of the awards as yet, um, but I imagine he would have been there. I mean, he was the band leader, so he must have been there. I know, that's the thing I was convinced. I'll have to go and have a look <laughs> after we finish speaking. Yeah, Buddy's fabulous, and he's a you know he's a really really great guy, and yeah, I mean he's a he's a he's a really good band leader of the awards as well. He and Jim Lauderdale, oh, I mean they've worked together for absolutely. years. They're a good double act in, I'm, every I'm, week. I'm still holding my fingers crossed for another album from them too. Yeah, I thought I was disappointed in in the collaboration they did do. Um, I I expected more from it. I don't think it was as good as the sum of their parts. I, I think they've both done better music apart, um, but. But it's a good. Don't get me wrong. It's a good album. But I think I was just. I think I expected slightly more. Maybe. Ooh. Okay. This is getting interesting. <laughs> but I love. I love. Jim Lauderdale is my absolute favorite singer songwriter, and he's he's a one of my favorite people. He's a lovely guy. You've met him. I mean, you've spoken to him. They're a lovely guy. Great guy. Um. And I've met Buddy a few times as well. And and he's another of my favorite songwriters and singers and performers. Um. I think they're both brilliant. I think my expectation was so high. Because I loved them both so much that I don't know if they could have ever lived up to my expectations. I think I, you know, I wish they'd toured that album, but it was just about the time that Buddy was quite ill, um, so I don't think they ever, they ever really got a chance to to tour it properly. So uh, that's a real shame because I, have I, I don't know if I've ever seen Jim and Buddy on stage together. I think I may have seen them do one, maybe two songs together, but I think a, a live show from Buddy and Jim with a full country band behind them would be a brilliant experience. Oh yeah, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Okay, dear Buddy and Jim, if you happen to listen to this show, which I don't think you will, but please do hear our requests because we'd love to see you both again on stage and more Buddy Miller in the UK. Yes, Buddy, yeah, but Buddy, I don't think he tours as much as mm-hmm. he did. Um, I think he had a, I think triple or quadruple bypass a few years ago. He had, he had a very serious heart attack, and I think since then he's done a lot more stuff that's Nashville-based as opposed to mm. going out on the road. Because um, you know he was what well, he was the musical director of the TV show Nashville for a few years, but he's given that up now as well. I think it was I think that was a, a massive commitment, and I think he decided it was time to uh, to concentrate on his his own music again, or at least working with other artists. But he fortunately, thank goodness, he. Uh, he survived it, but I think it yeah. was quite touch and go for a while. So, mm. uh, yeah. Okay, we kind of drifted away f- from last <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, Emery, that, that was a great start. Got Charlie Sexton, Ward, the Instrumentals of the Year, presented by Shelby and her sister Alison. They released an album quite recently. Yeah, didn't I haven't heard it. Um, I it's, it's on my list to look up, but I've, I've had so much music recently, I haven't had a chance to go and look for albums that I haven't got if you know what I mean mm. um but I think both of them I, I I'm 
did a set. I didn't do a session. I worked for BBC Radio Scotland, um, and I, I did online. And I often have to photograph or film music sessions, um, and I, I photographed the session that Shelby did for um, Radio Scotland, and, and she was great, very good. And mm-hmm. I've uh, I've done sessions with um, with Alison, Alison as well, and you know, I mean, what a life they've had. What a story. If you are interested, please. Uh, go and look Shelby Lynn uh, recent release which is not dark yet my favourite cat song of the year was Rodney Crowell with It Ain't Over Yet yeah that's a good one I'm glad Rodney's a class act I think Rodney's it's I mean it's, he's released such quality albums over the years way back from his quite country very country earlier mm-hmm. albums right through to the the more recent ones um yeah, I think uh, I was pleased to see Rodney win that one. I was said I was just pleased not to see Sturgo and Jason win. I mean, Jason was only up for one, but you know, it, it was good to see a, a good good variety of of award winners. I mean, my favourite was seeing Marty Stewart win because uh, I'm a massive Marty <gasps> Stewart and fabulous superlatives fan. So uh, it was great to see them recognised this year as well. And John Prine too. I mean, he's mm. another class act. One of the categories that was really quite interesting to see but Amanda Shires won Emerging Artist of the Year. Mm. Now she's not very much an emerging artist is she? She's been they around. Never are that. They never ever are in that category. I mean their idea of, of I think the American Association's idea of emerging as an artist has been around for four or five <laughs> six years. It's been the same. I remember I think Mary Goshi was up for it one year and she'd been producing albums for many many years beforehand. It's a uh, it's I mean, it's great. I think, again, I think Amanda's very talented. I'm very pleased. In fact, I would have been happy for any of the four artists in that category to win. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's an odd one because they're not really emerging. They've all emerged to some extent and have been for for a number of years. You've worked on a variety of things as before you went along and hosted The Miller Tells Her Tales. I just want to know, why did you want to be involved in a really wide and competitive industry? I never thought of it that way. I am... Um, I started off actually doing, I was doing hospital radio in Edinburgh and I did a, a kind of Americana show on that. And I, I basically, my my reason for, for doing this kind of music, doing what I do, is because I love the music and it wasn't really getting that much airplay. I mean, when I started the show, it was 2001 when I started The Miller Tales of Tale. Um, and you, the, you basically, you just didn't hear Americana on the radio. Bob Harris played... A little bit but that was that was all so what I wanted to do is I wanted to play it and share it with other people I wanted to say look these are really really good artists I want you to hear them I want you to listen to them I want you to support them go and see them play live I want you to buy their albums because I think they, they deserve they deserve the exposure that they'll never receive on on mainstream radio um, and I just wanted other people to to be aware of the artists I mean that was really the only reason for me starting it it was a uh, totally just I love the music. I wanted to share it. So that's why. I mean, I was actually. I met the reason that that my radio show came about was I was over in South by Southwest in 2001. It was my first trip there, and I met a guy called Michael, um, and he did an internet station, a little independent internet station called Spider Radio. And I was just telling him that I did this show on Hospital Radio Americana. He goes, "Oh, why don't you do a show on Spider Radio?" And I said, "Okay then," and that was it. And um, so the show started off on there and it was myself and a number of other independent um, radio people playing kind of independent music. And um, it and it, it was a really, it was a great opportunity to uh, to actually do it properly, you know, to actually get a bit of an audience out there and um, and hone my skills. Because I'm not a natural broadcaster. I, I, I much prefer production to presenting. I'd rather just play the music and not have to say anything about it. But it was a... Uh, it was kind of the only way I could I could do it 
really. I read the article you did with um, No Depression. Would you say that your job at the radio hospital was short-lived? They hired you as a director and then told you to fire yourself. No, I fired myself. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, I missed I am. Um, no, I, I basically, it's a hospital radio station. Everybody's sick in the hospital. And I was playing miserable music. As I still do. I love mis- I love sad songs. And um, so I decided when I became station manager that really my show was unsuitable for the station. So I, I sacked myself. Um, and <laughs> let somebody who does more cheery stuff take over the, the slot for me. So uh, I'm sure, I'm sure the, most of the patients were, were quite old. Um, and I imagine they wanted to hear something a bit more upbeat than, a, you know, sad, depressing Americana music. Well, I, I, I won't really call it sad and depressing, but it's not that. Oh, none of it is sad and depressing. Is I play quite a lot of sad stuff. I, I always I always um, end up playing the saddest songs on albums. So that's kind of what I I go to. So I believe you uh, were the producer of the uh, radio song. Yeah, I started off. I was kind of researcher producer of the Amer- of the uh, country music show, which at the time was Brand New Country. Um, I was Brand New Opry to start with, and they had to, they um, we were made to change their name by the. Uh, Grand Old Opry in Nashville. We felt that our name was too similar, um, and it was a fab. It was a, it was a wonderful. It was five years of basically being paid to choose music. Um, I didn't have to present. I had a really good presenter. I, you know, I had access to so much music, and I literally just just put together a two hour show. I, you know, was involved in choosing artists to come into these sessions and edit the sessions and and it was a it was another it was a even better way I think than than my show in some ways to showcase the music because it was a bigger audience because you know it had the had the BBC behind it and um it was really it was really a dream but isn't it quite ironic that the Grand Opry had actually got in touch if you look back into the Opry history yeah I think but they're a big they're a big company you know, and they were flexing their muscles. I mean, it, 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 yes, I think it's a bit ridiculous, and they were threatening, you know, all sorts of stuff. But I mean, we have a we have a music venue in Glasgow called the Grand Old Opry, and they were fine. You know, and our show was called the Brand New Opry. It wasn't even the Grand Old Opry. You know, I and mean, it was it was uh, it was it was ridiculous. But we uh, we decided rather than than end up in court, or <laughs> we'd uh, we just change our name. But uh, yeah, it was silly. It's really silly. It went around and it stayed until 2008. What was the reason of its cancellation, if you don't mind um, me asking? It was, the station was, um, well, the presenter was, was doing another show by that point, which was four days a week. Um, mm-hmm. And he, I think he, he'd been doing that show for, the, the country show for years. And I think he wanted, and the other show he was doing was, was quite an upbeat show. It was, uh, it's a, a request show for, um, and I think he found doing that and then coming to the country show was just a bit too much for him in one week and the station was going through some changes at the time so they actually dropped country music from the station altogether for about a year and put on a, a another show which was kind of more kind of well it was really awful actually um and it didn't do very well uh so at that point they they brought back a country show but I wasn't involved in it unfortunately so uh yeah, and it's still going. It's going strong, which is good. It's good for the station. A, a long while back, I was talking to someone about the country music and the radio here in the UK, and he mentioned something quite shocked about it. It's like, oh, BBC Radio 2 tend to think themselves they are the music radio. Well, I think that, well, I don't, they don't anymore. I mean, Bob Harris used to play a lot more roots music. He, he, and then they had, you know, and um, Johnny Walker used to play some, and I think they, they did do more, but I think the station has, again, has changed direction, and now they only have the one hour of Bob Harris country, and, and he's moved more towards what's now considered country music. Um, it's a little bit more mainstream, because that's, that slot, is, that's what the audience expect 
in that slot, I think. So he had to kind of move away a bit more from the Americana. Um, so, yeah, the, the, I, the Radio 2 definitely don't play as much as they used to. I mean, Bob still does some. I mean, he, you know, he's he's still he still champions a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the smaller names and a lot of people that I'm fans of will end up doing sessions for him. But it's now that he's lost his, or he's given up his um, late night show, it's definitely reduced the amount on that station. Mm. I mean, Radio Scotland actually is brilliant for Americano the country. We have, I said, the country show, um, um, another country with Ricky Ross, they're two hours a week and they do, they play a mixture of, of, of country and Americana music. And then there's also a, an even, a couple of evening shows, uh, Ian Anderson show and Roddy Hart show, and they play a lot of Roots music too. So we're actually pretty good for, we don't have a lot of music programmes, but for those we do, we, are, we aren't we are bad for for that kind of music, which yeah. is good. Yeah. I just, I'd love to be involved in it, but you know. The Minotaur's Tales came, I believe, 16 years ago, or have yeah, I got my mask 2001. Wrong? Yeah, quite as small, uh, only playing independent artists. My only question is, do you usually pay the artists? Or how how did you end up playing the artists? Um, I started playing them because I I owned a lot of their music, and I liked a lot of the music already. I I had quite a big collection of Americana before I started doing the radio show. I was it was something I was really into, um, and I got I you know I, and I started reaching out to the artists at the time as well, and um. And a lot of them would would send me music, which was was great. I've never, I pay. I know now that the show's a podcast. I pay a podcasting license. Okay. Um, but I don't, I don't have to. I, the the license I pay, you do not report who you play. Therefore, the artists that I play will will almost one hundred percent definitely not receive a penny from the licensing board. So, but from my point of view, and I think how the artists feel about it is that I'm playing their music. I'm taking it to a new audience or or and therefore hopefully as a result of that people will buy their music or go and see them play live and I think for them any any radio play I think for the artists I play for them is 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 enough they're just thrilled that, that they're getting that exposure. Podcasting nowadays is more pop than it is for radio or? I don't think it's more popular I think it's it's becoming I think because so many people now able to because of the, just the way technology has gone I think you know you can listen you can listen to things on the move more than maybe you could do in the past and it, it's far easier now to listen to a podcast and you can listen to it as and when when you want to so uh, um yeah I think I, mean, I think they're definitely um on the rise I, I can't say I've noticed that I'm getting any more listeners than I, I ever have but um I know a lot of people do do listen to podcasts now and they are quite quite um quite big i mean the show didn't start out as a podcast as i said it was on this other station but when the station went bust i didn't want to stop doing the show and um it was very early days in podcasting and it was quite complicated trying to put a podcast together but um it took me a while but i figured it out eventually and uh, at that point because podcasting was still so new and music wasn't really allowed in podcasts the only way i could continue to play the artists was to get permission individually from the artist or record label or publisher or whoever in order to continue to play their music um, and that went on for a couple of years and it was a it was a real pain actually because it, it, it really limited what I was able to play on the show. So I would consider these were the very first challenges for you as a podcaster. Yeah yeah it was it was how to how to make it how, a, how to do a podcast and how to publish a podcast which is much simpler now than it was back then um yeah and then just trying to I mean again most of the artists were the smaller artists which is mostly what I've always played 
were delighted, but it, it was just having to get in touch. You know, you got a new album for someone, you're like, oh, this is really good. Like, oh, damn it, I've got to go and get in touch with them. And sometimes finding a means of getting in touch was was difficult. So there were albums that I was desperate to play on the show, artists that I was a, a huge fan of that I just couldn't couldn't play anymore. And um, yeah, it was, I mean, there was plenty out there. It wasn't that I was struggling to find music to fill, fill the, the two hours, but it, it was uh, it was frustrating because I knew that, that, again, the artist would benefit from the airplay. It's just, I didn't want to get myself in a position where I would end up being fined for playing the music. Roger Scott hosted it at Radio 1. Attracted you uh, in your mid-teens that attracted you to be part of such... I was a huge... Roger Scott, for me, was... I, I, it's hard to put it into words. He was just, he was an incredible broadcaster and his his knowledge, he and his producer, he was produced by Phil Swan, who's okay. still about, he's actually produced people like Bob Harris over the years too. Um, and the two of them, they had this incredible encyclopedic knowledge and love, which was the most important thing of music. And what, what they would do is they would put together segues or triple plays or whatever, of three songs that were not necessarily in the same genre. Like there could be a song from the fifties, you know, into a, a current song from the time. And, and it, the segues, the way this music just flowed was incredible. And um, I used to listen to it literally just to hear how, how he put two songs together, you know, and, and, and the, the, just the breadth of music. And, and his, his enthusiasm and his absolute love and excitement about everything he played was just, it was just, it really, it, it sort of sparked off something in me. And I was like, this is what, you know, I, I want to work with him. I want to work in in this field. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm I'm you know passionate about too. It was a, uh, yeah. When I found out, I was at university in my first year when he died of stomach cancer, and um, it was yeah, it was a bit of a no. <laughs> it was it was really really sad really. So do you think, as a host of the Middle Tales of Tales, do you think that's somewhat of an ovation for him and appreciation? Like, hey, thank you, Roger Scott for something like this yeah I mean yeah I mean he, he yeah I mean I think I mean I don't know what I don't know I would have had I I don't know if I would have done the same thing if I hadn't heard him on the radio I, I can't see one way or the other um but he's never there's never been anyone to equal him in my opinion and I don't think there ever will be um I mean you know there's there's people out there who who are very good and and, and have 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 an element of what he had but none of them have what he had I don't think personally he was just think he was great yeah this year there's been a lot of releases from a lot of people from the beginning of the year until today so how do you manage to put everything I don't know I just do it really it's um I you know I, I get the music and I, I stick it all in my iTunes and then I, I, I mean sometimes I don't have time because I can't because of the nature of what I do at work it's very hard often to listen to music for my show while I'm at work because I I deal with audio quite a lot so I'm I'm not able to to listen to my stuff so um it's very much a case of just sort of dipping into what I've I've been sent and I don't always get a chance to listen to an album fully which is it's a shame you know I I I, I love the days when I could just sit and put music on all day every day and just absorb it and and listen to it but I um I just Picking, you know, I just, I just try, I sort of drop into songs and, and and get an idea of of what they're like, and then I'll listen through to them, and and I can generally get a feel because I've been doing it for so long, and I, I I know the genres so well. I can get, it's quite easy to get a feel for what songs will go with each other, and I have in a lot of cases I've got a lot of background knowledge, um, just from again from all the years of 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 who the artist is and who they've worked with, or or, or what their connections might be to a different artist. So uh, it's it it just kind of just sort of it just sort of happens really. I don't I don't I don't put a lot of 
real thought into it unless I'm doing a, a special. I just kind of, I just let it, let it kind of grow, I suppose, each week and it, it comes together. When I first started doing the show, when I did it at the hospital radio station, I used to make up CDs. Uh, I used to work from home um, so I could put music on all day and I'd, I'd make up CD compilations of all the songs that really um, impacted me when I, when I first listened to them. So I'd take all these CDs into the studio um, so I pre-recorded the shows at the hospital radio station and I, I wouldn't have a playlist. I wouldn't have put anything together. I would just put a song on. And when I was playing it, I think that would go really well with X. And I'd, so I'd go find that song and I'd put that on and I'd go, that would go well with this other one. So I didn't even even prepare shows in advance in those days. I don't do that now. Nowadays, I, I, I do prepare it. And I actually preferred how I did it before. It was good to, to know the music so well that I could instantly go to a CD and pick the song that I wanted to play next. I'm going to go back to a rather familiar name. Jim Lauderdale did really surprise many of his fans with his recent release, don't you think? Um, London Southern? Mm-hmm. I don't know why it didn't surprise me, but I've been, he's been talking about the album for years. Yeah. Um, I think with Jim, you can you, you can never be surprised by Jim. Right. Because he's such a chameleon. He 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 has his finger, he loves so many different genres of music and he he's open to anything. I mean, he is very much saying, you know, this Americana is, is you know, although albums don't have, people shouldn't have genres. He he is so cross-genre. I mean, it's all roots music. It's bluegrass. It's, it's I mean, it's I think his country albums are some of the best country albums out there. And, you know, and then he's done things that are kind of slightly different. Some of his work with um, Robert um, Thingy Me Bob. Um, yeah, the guy from the, who, yeah, anyway, yeah, are a bit different again. But I think London, London Southern, I, I mean, he's a huge Nick Lowe fan. He yeah. always has been. He talks about Nick Lowe almost every time you see him play. So it didn't really come as a surprise to me personally um, for him to do this album. And actually, I think it's one of the best albums he's done in a number of years. I think Jim's problem is he releases too many albums. Um, it's, not, it's not his problem. It's, it's a problem for me because it's very <laughs> up sometimes with, uh, with, the, with the number that he, he, he pushes out. Some, and I think he records them and then they sit for, week, for years before they actually uh, see the light of day as well. Recorded this one three or four years ago. In fact, I was with him the night he talks about. I mean, I don't know. He talks about um, one of the songs he wrote in Glasgow mm. at Oran Moor, and I, I, you know, I, I was with him that evening. Not when he was writing the song, but earlier in there. So every time he, he talks about it, it's like, oh, I remember that. I was there. We had dinner together beforehand. Yeah, happy days. How do you find time? Is that that is my question? It's like how. It's hard to yeah, keep up Jim, with Jim's a workaholic. I um I remember trying to meet up with him in Nashville once, and it took like all week, and we kept trying to meet up, kept trying to meet up. Eventually, we met in a bank car park. Oh wow! For five minutes as he was rushing off to get a flight, and then he missed his flight because he'd forgotten his passport. <gasps> so uh, yeah, he's just he's and but the thing is, Jim, Jim, I could talk about Jim for hours, but uh, Jim remembers everything you've ever said to him. If you if you meet if you speak to Jim again six months or 10 years down the line he will remember your conversation with him oh my you know, goodness he's got no. an incredible memory it's just it really blows me away because you say no do you remember that guy who was in the audience who was doing such and such at this gig I was like no <laughs> no I don't remember a guy in your audience at, you know a gig five years ago I can't remember that but he remembers everything absolutely everything it's uh, it's amazing well I wish you'd have told me that before I actually had him on the show <laughs> otherwise I would have done a better job um, so, and a vast majority of so many releases this year. Mm. What is your favourite release so far? Just give me two seconds to look up the list in my playlist show for Hang On. Give me two seconds. I did a show, my best of the year so far, and that will tell me that exactly. 
there's been a time this has been a really hard year yes. actually uh, in, 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 in there's just so many brilliant arms as you said um let me see arms of the year da, 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 da. well i mean jim lauderdale actually london southern is probably my favorite arm of the year so far um sam baker land of doubt mm-hmm. that's a fabulous album um Rodney Crowe, as you said, Close Ties is, is very, very good. Chris Stapleton from A Room, that's another good one. Um, Casey Chambers' Dragonfly is a nice one. Carrie Elkin, The Penny Collector. Slade Cleves, seeing him in a few weeks' time, his new album's very good. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been Andrew Combs, actually, Canyons of My Mind is another big favourite of oh, mine. I haven't it's been a, it's, it's, it's been a, last year I really, well, I, I didn't struggle, but last year there were very few albums that really, I got excited about this year. All my favourite artists are releasing albums. It's been a, I've been spoiled for choice <laughs> this year. It's uh, yeah. So I mean, when I put together that first best of show um, before I took my summer break, I had about you know fifty songs I wanted to include, fifty artists, and I had to cut it down to to thirty. And uh, that was that was difficult. I felt really bad for the the ones I, I had to miss out, but I'll just have to make sure and include them at the end of the year. Yeah, again, going back to our conversation earlier, with the fact that a lot of artists go and lean towards the genre, so you sometimes get lost, like, are you sure this is Americana? I'm not sure. So there's that. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I kind of tried, I just kind of think they're all sort of roots music, though, rather than than necessarily Americana. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, because you've got blues, you've got bluegrass, you've got country, you've got folk, you've got, you know, you've got, British sort of Irish, you've got Van Morrison, um, mm-hmm. you know, you've got all these different kinds of artists who are now being included in, in the, the, the Americana genre. And it's a lot. I mean, as I said, my show isn't, I don't like to be too specialist. I mean, it is specialist, but I don't like to be too narrowly focused within the, within that area on, on my show. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much to choose from now. It's not just, it's not just a really narrow, narrow field. Which is good in some ways. I mean, it's good. It gives me a lot more choice anyway. Do you think the charts were actually one of the reasons why the genre had gone quite broad? I don't know. I mean, how chart now a couple of years? I think it's just, I think it's just a lot of these artists haven't got a home anywhere else anymore. And Americana was kind of gaining in, in popularity as, as a, and, and I think it's been a, it's been something a lot of people have, have jumped on as something, as somewhere they, they, they would feel they might have a home. I mean, I know Marty Stewart in an interview said that when he was asked what Americana was, he said it was it was where art, artists go to be credible again. You know, and it's uh, it, it's definitely, I think with so many, so many other, others, what might have been their genre before has, has been taken over by, by other people. They're kind of, they're sort of, they've been displaced. These are all people who've been displaced and they're looking for a new home and Americana has, has, has opened their arms welcomed them you know it's quite an inclusive genre so it's good but it can be argued um i've been getting quite concerned because there's a lot of artists who come in i was like this is not necessarily what roots music is all about yeah but then again you're like well it might be i don't know yeah i mean yeah at the end of the day you know whatever it is you play what what, just play what you like do what you know listen to what you enjoy play what you enjoy and and i feel someone if, if people like most of what i play chances are they'll like there were like other artists within that, that are maybe slightly out with it. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I, there are artists I play and I say, well, this isn't Americana, but I'm going to play it anyway. You know, it's just, it's, it's just, it's just good music. And it, it is really just about what, what you enjoy. A lot of people like a lot of different 
types of music. I'm quite narrowly focused, I think, in what I listen to. It's mostly sad, miserable and acoustic. Um, but but a lot of people, you know, are, are more open-minded to music than I am. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I said I'm mixed about, about how, how wide Americana has become now. I, I think I said that in the No Depression article as well. I, 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 I'm not sure what I think about it. I'm, I'm on the fence almost at the moment about it. But again, do you think there will be a day where we're like, oh, this is what the audience want to listen to? Oh, are you going to stick with it to guts and what you like? Because that's another challenging thing, don't you think? Yeah, I, I think that the other problem is, and it's not so much a problem with the, the small independent radio stations over here or the independent shows like mine. I think the problem is the way that American radio works is that it's very, very genre-based. Um, and I think that that's maybe one of the, the, the issues. It's it's more that 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 people want if they, people want to become Americana because it means they get played on certain radio stations. Well, because the, they're no longer country, so country stations won't play them. So they, they need they need somewhere they you know so this is somewhere they can go and they know they'll get some sort of airplay. Um, I think in a lot of cases it just it goes down to that. It's about how how do they get their music out there and how do they get it to the most people? And at the moment, Americana is the is the in genre in you know in, in certain fields. So uh, you know and, and these these folk, although a lot of these musicians they need you know they 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 need all the exposure they could get. So uh, people like it's like when you get people like Emmylou Harris though. Or, you know, who I, I would never call Americana, who's now, you know, she's been on the Americana Awards, she's performed there, I saw her play there. It's like, I, it's difficult. It's, it, but I think they just, they've, they've just, they've lost country. They've lost country music as a, as a place to, to, to go. So, uh, you know, they're, they're refugees from, from, uh, from country. And this is, this is, this is a, this is a, a, a land that's welcomed them. It's really oh. the only way I can. Oh my God, that's just... a strong, very <laughs> strong example. I but don't you think country had always been like broad genre? It's changed over the. I mean, I think countries it's it's had fluctuations depending on the. You know, there was a time when there was. Uh, I think when Chet Atkins was in charge of um, the record, sort of the Nashville kind of records. You see, mm. when everything went all very into strings and syrupy stuff, and that was what country music was. And um, and then you kind of get sort of the the eighties. You kind of got the the new country and you've got more twang came back and it's uh you know it, it's just at the moment it's just in a I think there's a lot I think there's a lot of artists who don't fit into pop music who've sort of added the, a hint a tiny pinch of country to their, their their songs or the lyrics and have then just sort of jumped into that genre and then they've just sort of taken over I don't know if that was your question now but um yeah, I mean, country's country music. I mean, when you think about country, you think Hank Williams. You think country music. You know, Hank was a country star. Um, he wouldn't be a country. No, he wouldn't. Uh, Hank Williams would not be considered a country music artist. No, it's 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 just the the. And if if I said to someone, "What does country music mean to you?" Or, or you know, they would come up with the names of of um, almost even Taylor Swift would probably still be up there, even though she's not. There's nothing country about Taylor Swift anymore. You know. It's uh, it's difficult. I don't know. I, 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 feel for the, I feel for country music. I feel it's been robbed of, of the country. Um, but with Taylor yeah. Swift, it can't be. I don't. She was, she was. I mean, her first album, um, yeah. She, I mean, it was quite naive because she was very young. Um, but it was, it was more, it was more country than she's done since, and more country actually than most things that are now considered country. Um, but it's, it's. She's, she's obviously moved quite far away from that now 
Now this can lead to another question, but don't you think that's part of the artist's authority to do? Because as an artist, you want to explore. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's not, yeah, I mean, I'm not blaming the artist for taking over. I'm blaming, I'm blaming the, the industry and the radio as well. I mean, I think American radio's got a lot to answer for because it's what they are playing and that's, that's where the power is. Um, and I, you know, it, it's these. It's, it's not like these artists have come in and bullied everybody else and pushed them out and said you're not, you don't, you're not allowed, you're not welcome here anymore. It's just that's just what's happened. They're not welcome there anymore in a, in a more subtle way in that they they don't get airplay on country music radio stations. You know, I don't think you'd hear any. I don't think you if you listen to a country music station in America. Most of the country, they, you wouldn't hear anything that you would necessarily consider to be that country. You wouldn't hear Hank Williams, you wouldn't hear Dolly Parton, you wouldn't hear Marty Stewart, you wouldn't hear Jim Lauderdale. Oh no, it's quite frustrating at sometimes, like, oh my goodness, you should appreciate the artists that are within surrounding that you're in, but then again, no. I, I find it frustrating, like, oh, what about Buddy Miller, what about this, what about that? Yeah, So it, I mean, they are country, they've got a real grounding in, in what country music is, in the history of country music, you know, and, and, and a lot of influences from earlier country well i don't think you'd hear very many influences in a lot of today's you know so-called country music at all going back to earlier country it's a it's a shame i i it just it it's it just it saddens me i mean it's a silly thing to get sad about but it, it just it does i just i feel i do feel that 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 people who really are genuinely country singers are not any longer able to call themselves that and i that that saddens me um, I don't know if you heard that song before, but it was um, Dale Watson. Was I'd rather be an old fart than a country turd. Yeah, well, yeah, well, <laughs> Dale Watson. Dale, Dale's got some great songs about about Nashville rash and stuff. He's got some fabulous songs about. He's he's not backward at coming forward. Dale. Sorry, so I met. I was in South by Southwest one year, and he he doesn't. I don't think he does it anymore. But there's a a venue out of town called Jilly's Little Longhorn, and he's got a song about it. Um, the honkiest, honkiest beer joint in Nashville, which is mm. a, a great song, and um, and what they used to do on a Sunday was they had this chicken thingy where they'd get chickens in, and the chickens would poop on on a on a on somewhere, and whoever put the money down on the square that they were going to go on, made you know um, got the money, all the money, and Dale was the guy who kind of compared it and and sang, and um, it's a really weird place. But anyway, I was there with a friend, and we were. I was sort of standing and, and the band came on and they started playing and Dale hadn't turned up yet. And then he heard this motorcycle this and, and he so he's a Dale turns up on his, his motorcycle, sort of gets off his bikes, one of his band members hands him his beer, he gets on the stage and just, just segues directly into the song that the band are band are playing. I mean it was just it was so cool. It was just <laughs> element it was it was epitome of cool. It was brilliant. Um, it was uh yeah, it was it's, uh, it's, I don't know what I don't even know if the venue's still there, Jenny's little longhorn, but it's 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 definitely worth looking up. If you are in in Nashville, it's a shed basically in the middle of nowhere on the outskirts. We couldn't get we couldn't get back into town afterwards either because the woman there wouldn't wouldn't the woman who ran it wouldn't wouldn't let us call a cab. So uh, it was all all a bit challenging, but it was a it was a really good afternoon. Going back to your influences, what really inspired you most to go down towards the root, uh, roots music? I don't know. It's just even from when I was at school, you know, I. I never liked at the time I was I was at school in the E um and you know that was the days of Stockaken and Waterman and Kylie Minogue and Jason Donovan and I never liked any of that you know I I always even then I mean I was a I think the, the artist that I was the biggest fan of in the 
in my sort of late in my mid to late teens were Brian Adams. Uh, I absolutely adored Reckless, the album. Still do. I think it's a great album. Um, and that was kind of that was slightly more rootsy than than his later ones. John Mellencamp, his album Scarecrow was was for me. I think the seminal album that got me into. It was the first album I bought that I would call that I would call Americana, even though Americana didn't exist back then. It's a, a real roots album, and um, and I think I think from there on, I just I always. And then Delamitri. I mean, Delamitri again were quite. Although they were a Scottish pop band, they were quite rootsy in their in their music. And I think I just I just went from there. And I um I had a group of of when I was at university, I, I got together with a group of men, older men actually, um through the Bob Harris website. Um, he had, Bob Harris has a message board which used to be quite active called Whispers, and I met a bunch of um people through that, and we set up a little um, private website. Whereby, which was called Tape Circle, and we um, used to send each other cassettes. Like we had a sort of a circle, so we'd each send one to someone, they send it on to the next person, um, and we'd each put we put six artists on it, three songs from an album from each of those artists, and it was a way to introduce each other to music. And I learned and found out about so many artists that way, you know, and it really opened my eyes. And that's before I started doing the radio show. Um, so I think at that point, although I was already into that that genre, that's when I really realized that the depth and breadth of the music um right going you know back to to Graham Parsons and Tens Van Zandt and and earlier artists and that as well so uh, that takes a lot of credit I think for where I ended up. At this stage uh with your podcast where do you think Americana's going do you think there's a threat to it? Uh, I don't know I don't know if there's a threat to it I think it can I think at some point it's going to I think that what isn't what it's getting too big I think it's getting as we said already, I think it's it's getting too wide, um, and at some point it's going to fragment a bit, because suddenly the artists who were the original art Americana artists are going to go, hang on a minute, this is now this is this is, you know, where do we go? I think I, I I'm not worried about it. I think at the moment Americana is a is a genre that's that's strengthening, in America anyway. I'm not sure it's it's actually having much impact over here. Um, and I think that's a good thing. And I think if, if if it's done right, it could hopefully help the artists in it. But I still feel, and going back to, this is a, a rant I had a good few years ago. I'm not going to do the rant. Cool. I, I I do feel when you get something like the Americana Awards Festival and, and things, it's all, you never see the smaller names. You never see the Sam Bakers, the Rob Picots, the the Eliza Gilkerson's, the, you know, you don't see a lot of the the, the real strong, long-term American, people who've been Americana and, 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 and what, American folk music for, for you know, 15, 20 years, the ones who, for me, are the, the, the strongest and most talented and the most to say artists, you, you never see them recognised or acknowledged by the, the, the Nashville event at all. And, you know, so in a sense, I feel for... I do feel that some of the bigger names, the Rodney Crowes, the the Emily Harris's, you know, they have almost like, you know, they've come into this genre that that I think should be there to help the little guys, and have, you know, they've suddenly become, they, they are benefiting from it. They're getting the 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 airplay. They're getting the attention. Well, actually, I think it should be some of the the smaller artists who are who are out on the road, three hundred days of the year, producing fantastic albums, working really hard, and making no money at all, really. Um, who deserve more support. Um, so for me, I think the Americana 
association or the American industry should be helping them more, not just the people who don't necessarily need the help so much. But at the stage with the industry, as we talked about country earlier and how it drifted, it's that's how when you want to broadcast something for people to hear someone that it's familiar, even what I believe, it, it's, it's challenging in a way. It's, but the thing is, the American industry, American at the moment, as, as with all these things, at the end of the day, it's a commercial enterprise to some extent. Yeah. Which is why they're always, if they're going to get, if the American Association are going to get people like Emily Harris and Rodney Crow and, and John Fine and, and these, these bigger names involved, then as, for their, as far as they're concerned, they get more attention, more publicity, which is you'd hope is a good thing for for all the artists involved in Americana. I just, I do feel, and I felt this when I used to go to Nashville for the Americanas, that most of the Americana artists I knew were not getting any anything out of it as, as from from an association point of view, from the, you know, from the, the whole Nashville event and whatnot, they they didn't, you know, they, they weren't being mentioned. And I do agree that, yes, when it comes to radio, a lot of people want to hear names they're familiar with, but at the same time, these other guys who are equally talented and the ones who really need the support need people behind them as well, which is kind of what I try and do. I, you know, I'm, I, you're, much, you're much more likely to hear Rod Pycott or Sam Baker on my show than you are to hear Emmylou Harris or Rodney Crowell. Not because I don't think they're great, but because I want to play the people that aren't getting, you know, that kind of play or, um, or you know, help elsewhere. Then again, you can argue that the recording companies are allowing a lot of younger emerging artists to be part of the Americana nowadays. What do you think about that? For instance, if you got New West as a great example. Of yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there are some, there are some very good labels in America. New West, Red House Records is another one. You've got, um, uh, and, and yeah, and they've, they've got, they've got some good artists on it, but there are a whole lot of other great artists who are releasing the albums on their own labels because they haven't got the support of a, a record label um, and are still going out there toiling away almost every day of the year to, to make ends meet and and out there performing and recording and, and you know, having to produce their albums through crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I, I'd like to see them getting a little more help. Um, but I'm not saying the American is not doing well. I'm not saying it doesn't do a good thing and I'm, I'm very much behind it and, and I'm glad it exists. I just sometimes wish that that maybe some of the some of the little guys got something more out of it, but but think, that's what I'm there for <laughs> on a much much smaller smaller level. Do you consider it might have again throughout your show and playing a lot of artists? Do you think they're going to revolt at some stage? Like, nope, this is not what we're in for. I don't know. I honestly, I I I don't know what will happen. Um, I don't think so at the moment. I think at the moment. Americana is is a is an easy way to describe music. Um, maybe people will fragment again and go back to being American folk, or you know, being you know more just bluegrass or more whatever um, than they are at the moment. Uh, but I think it is dictated to by by how radio defines music in America, and I think so. I think for the time being, folk are gonna Americana is getting a bit of airplay it's getting stations it's getting you know a bit of momentum I, I don't think folk are going to jump off that in the near future I think they'll stick with it ride that bus for a while and see where it goes so with your work with BBC Scotland uh, BBC Radio Scotland do you think they're doing a great job so far in hosting a variety of set as you mentioned earlier um of Americana artists I think so I think I think compared to having and also having talked to a number of artists and um and industry people, you know, they all feel that, you know, as uh, in comparison to a lot of other stations in the UK, that Radio Scotland is good 
for for the. I mean, Radio Scotland doesn't have a lot of music programmes. Most of the music is is speech um, or sport, and music's been kind of sidelined to late at night. Um, but the, the shows aren't playlisted in the way that you know. It's each show has a producer, and the producers know about the music, so that that they, they are they are specifically choosing things that they want to play or they think the audience will like. It's not a case of saying, right, we've got to play 10 songs off the A list, 10 songs off the B list and 10 songs off the C list, like Radio 2 does for the majority of the day. So uh, it gives, you know, uh, there are some, a couple of the, the producers are very into Roots music and um, and it really shows in the output, which is which is great. You know, I, I fully support that. It's uh, it's good to, good to hear up here. No limits. Yeah, I mean, it is. I think, I think you know, it's open. I think some of the shows are quite open to. I mean, they, they, I think there's a couple of shows that are very much rich shows, but they, you know, they do play all kinds of artists and artists that that you know you. I mean, I, the Ian Anderson show plays a lot of artists that you wouldn't hear on the country show. A lot of artists that 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 I like. Um, I mean, those that take take are, are recently deceased, Greg Trooper and Jimmy Lafave. You'd hear them all mm. the time on the Ian Anderson show, for example. You know, they're they're artists that that the audience would be very familiar with. You know, which is which is great. I I. It's fantastic. I mean, unfortunately, that show's on at eleven o'clock at night, so it's uh, you know it's not one you'd necessarily listen to live, but it's got a very good online post-show presence. Now, aside from your job with BBC Radio Scotland uh, as a producer and host of the Miller Tells the Tales, you're also a photographer. Yes. Yeah. Well, well I mean, I'm a, I'm a wannabe photographer. <laughs> I um I it's uh, it's my other other big passion in life is wildlife photography. So um, my holidays, I spend up hills photographing things like mountain hares or otters or oh. red squirrels or, or whatever. I, I can't think of much better way to spend a day than to be sitting on a hill somewhere in the middle of nowhere with just a hare for company. It's a, it's a good good way to spend the days. Oh, mate, but isn't it? It sometimes can get really cold. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, especially up a mountain with the hares. Um, but you just dress appropriately and take lots of soup. <laughs> That's uh, it's. I mean, I don't obviously. I mean, I, I because I, I'm based in Glasgow and I work full time in Glasgow. I and I've got a dog that doesn't travel. I tend to not get away and except for in um in holiday time. So mm-hmm. I, when I go away for a week, I you know I make the most of it. I pack in as much as I can, and I I always now sort of holiday in Scotland because I want to get to know the the animals and and habitats in this country. But it's uh it's a good way. It's a good antidote to to jet everyday life. So it's a uh, yeah. yeah I, I was about good. to mention that it's a strange shift from roots music to photography, but again, in the sense that it kind of comes together. Yeah, I feel I think actually there's a there's a common my way I I I approach them both is actually very similar in that the music that I feel most connected to is the music that is obviously to me is quite emotive or makes me feel something, and I think the way I I approach wildlife photography is I'm wanting to capture images that are the same that move me you know and, and and you only really do that if you spend enough time with an individual mm. animal or, or type, type of animal you know to, you get to know them and it's the same with the music it's just it, it's 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 the the emotional mm. side of it in both that I I connect to and it's the way both make me feel it's uh they're different but but similar in a sort of strange way my final question outside of roots music what is your favorite album um it would have to be i i could tell you my favorite art artist of all time favorite band are delamitri um scottish pop rock band um justin curry uh singer i think delamitri and i could name 
any, I mean, any of the albums. Uh, Waking Hours is the first album by them I heard, which was their second album, um, and it's always had a had a place in my heart. In fact, um, so I would I would definitely say Delamitri. Um, I think also Capakili or Karen Karen Matheson from Capakili, who has who sings I said mostly Gaelic songs, but she has the most incredible voice, and um, she has a song on her album Down River called Kuka Navasta. Is probably pronounced horribly wrong because it's an Irish Gaelic, um, which is this one of the saddest songs I've ever heard. It's about a mother burying her child, um, but it's 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 one of the most. Even though you don't know what she's singing, it's just incredibly sad. Just this, you know the way she sings it. Um, so I think you know I think Karen Matheson and, and Justin Curry and Delamitri would be uh, would be my non non Americana artists um, of choice and you do play a lot of Gaelic songs on your show don't you a fair smattering of Gaelic songs I, I don't want to subject the listeners to too much because I know it's not necessarily what people are tuning in for but you know I I'm, I'm, I'd have no I have no Gaelic in my past I am not in any way my family or no way have or have ever been connected to the Gaels but it's kind of it's the music it's part of the music of Scotland it's part of our Scottish heritage and and I think there's a lot of Gaelic songs that are beautiful. Um, and again, they're very sad because they had a hard time. Um, and I love sad music, so it just kind of, it goes to show. And uh, I don't, I, I feel, I mean, if it fits, if I can make it fit into the show and if I love it, then I just have to hope that, that it will appeal to some of the other listeners as well. So, you know, it's it's a case of me trying to slip in other things that I like and hope that they, you know, that, that people don't notice or, or think, oh, actually, I'd never have thought of listening to this, but I really like it, so... That's kind of my. Yeah, I think that's best way to get people hearing a lot of a variety of things in my. Because if you limit yourself to things, it's like, okay, there's so many things out there. Well, yeah, there are. There's, it's, I mean, I am. I am quite. I mean, compared to most people I know and people I work with, I mean, my my musical tastes are very narrow. But I think within Americana, they're quite wide. Mm. And within, uh, you know, uh, but but you know, I, I'm not into so many other genres of music. Um, but you know, there, there, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot within what's now called Americana, and, and that's very different. And and I think all of it should be explored. And all of it, all of it, if it's good music, then I want to play it. And there'll be a lot of people that I've, I have been sent albums by who I probably hadn't heard of until the album came through the door or through the email. That you know, most listeners out there won't have heard of either. But you know, some of them are brilliant. Mm. So uh, I want to play them and. And it's a real thrill when you discover, when you send something and you listen to it, go, this is amazing, you know, and you've never heard it before. And you think, I want to play this, I want to share it with people. And I, I love I love the fact that I can do that. It's, uh, you know, that, that's for me the, 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 the most special thing about doing the show and why I can't really stop doing it. Because if I stop doing it, how do I share this music with people anymore? You know, and I, don't, I, I find it hard to, to stop doing that. Right. Before I leave you off, you pretty much summed it up. What is the future for the, the Militas or Tears? Yeah, I mean, the future <laughs> at the moment is just go, keep going. You know, I mean, there are times I, 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 I kind of think, ah, I, just, I can't, I can't, I can't, I need a break. Which is why, you know, I've just literally just taken 10 weeks off because sometimes you just need to step back a little bit um, to appreciate it more. Um, but I mean, I have no, I have no intention of the Militas or Tears ending. I'm going to keep doing it as long as people keep producing fantastic music and as long as, I have a microphone and a computer that can broadcast to the world. I will, um, I will keep doing it. So there's, there's, uh, and I, there's no end in sight for the military or for the time being. Well, 
here's the thing, if you need any help in producing, I'm very much happy to do so. <laughs> okay. No, that's the bit I enjoy most. <laughs> I know, I'd be quite happy. I mean, that's why I love doing the country, doing the, the BBC country shows, because I didn't have to say anything. I just had to choose all the music and put the show together. And, 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 I, and I love doing that. I love crafting the show. Um, I only really do the talking bit because I haven't got a choice, really. Well, if you don't like that, then I would be happy to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I'll bear that in mind. <laughs> Thank you so much, Karen, for being part of All Music Matters. That's um, okay. My pleasure.